rest of their world with you. So we usually plan this BBS Sunday so that we can show you how we like to worship and how we praise God. First, we'll start with our announcement. Be, bear with us. Things are kind of different today. Our order of service is different today. So kind of just go along with us if you don't mind. All right. First thing we're going to do is we're going to pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, I just thank you for this day. I thank you that you give us the opportunity to come together as a church to worship you and to learn about you and to teach our children about you, Father. And Lord, I just ask that you would be with us today as we walk through this service, and for the rest of the afternoon, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Liam, first we're doing announcements. All right, announcements. Faith and Family Night at the Tide Stadium is on August 2nd. Today is the last day to sign up to attend that. Visit the table in the lobby to reserve your tickets, which are $10 each. The Figs and Olives will meet Monday, July 18th at 6 p.m. Dr. Benjamin will speak and give a preview of his upcoming book. The KPC Women's Movie Night is on Friday, July 22nd at 7 p.m. at the church in rooms A3 and A4. KPC's Young Adult Group Thrive will meet on Friday, July 29th at 7 p.m. for a Sunset at the Bay event. For additional details, email olivia.martin at kpc.org. Saturday night prayer is held on the last Saturday of each month. Terry and Jerry Strokorb will host this prayer event. We will meet and pray in the fellowship hall on July 30th, 6.30 to 8 p.m. On, on Sunday, August 7th, we will have a communion potluck meal together in the fellowship hall. Bring in a dish to share that morning, and immediately after the service, we will eat, and Dr. Ben will lead communion. This is different from our regular communion service, but will be a memorable time of fellowship for our KPC family. Huh? Oh, my God. All right. Good morning, KPC. <clears throat> I just want to say good morning and welcome to um, everyone who's here with us. We have uh, VBS kids, VBS families, um, and of course, uh, folks still joining us online. And actually, we want to give a special shout out to uh, Mr. Vernon Fix, whose 92nd birthday is today. So everyone, find a camera, say happy birthday. <clears throat> All right. Will you join me in prayer as we uh, prepare to give our tithes and offerings? Lord, we come to you today. We, th we thank you, Lord, for just all the things you're doing through our church. We want to uh, lift up the whole VBS program, Lord. We thank you that um, that was able to come together, that you made it possible um, with <clears throat> just bringing together all the staff, the volunteers, all the things that have happened beforehand and behind the scenes, and then throughout the week, Lord, just the impact that you made on um, so many kids and families. And Lord, we just, uh, <clears throat> we want to um, honor you with uh, what we bring to you, Lord. For Matthew says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. 
but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And Lord, we just pray that you would uh, take those treasures and um, use them to, to the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, there should be a video to play. Josh, it should be picture video. It should be the video with the photos.
that gives you a little bit of the scope and sequence of what we saw this week. We had 100 kids here this week. It was just amazing. And um, we had 52 volunteers from last throughout the week, you know, in and out, decorating as group leaders. There were 52 volunteers. 23 of those volunteers were teenagers and um, staff from Oak Tree which I thought was super cool because we really love to be able to partner with them. And that just shows how, how we can partner together. So now we will start our service. Okay, guys. Come on. Jax, hop up. Okay, so each day we had um, different Bible verses and Bible points, but every morning we would start off our day with this first song. It is called, My God is Powerful. So we would ask for you all to join us.
I need everybody to have a seat. And like I said, we each um, day had a Bible verse and a Bible point. So I'm going to bring forth some children to just share with you the things that we learned this week. They're going to share the Bible verse and the Bible point. The first person that we have is Lucy Roberts. God has the power to provide. God has the power to provide. That's better. And God will generously provide all you need. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And now everybody pop back up again. I told them we're playing popcorn games. And we're going to do another worship song. guys outstanding okay popcorn time to sit down now and we are gonna have Pia Pilar and Mateus all right guys up to the front Pia Pilar Mateus 
Stand up, buddy. They need you to hold their sign. Can you hold their sign? All right. And they're going to talk about God having the power to comfort and heal. Oh, I guess you need that. God has the power to comfort. Oh, God. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4. God has the power to heal. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wombs. Psalms 147, verse 3. Thank you. Go ahead and sit down, but back up. Trek's coming, so you guys need to back up. Back, back, back. Scooch back. Trek is coming. Throughout the week, they also had um, skits that would reinforce their Bible verses and reinforce the Bible themes. So we're going to share a couple of those with you this morning. Hello? Testing? Testing? Has anyone seen Trek? Oh no, Trek. What's wrong? Wrong? What do you mean wrong? Everything's just fine. I'm ready to hit the trail. Well, you don't seem fine. You seem kind of sick, and you still have your pajamas on. Oh, it's nothing much. It's just a little cold. I'm Trek Rock Rambler, world famous hiker and guy who really likes to climb. Uh, Hmm. <laughs> well, you don't seem so fine. Well, did you find a new climbing team to to go up with? Yeah, God provided a really cool new team that needed one extra member. That's me. I'm so happy I could uh, uh, hug you. Oh. Achoo! Oh, it's no use. Oh, don't tell my climbing team, but I'm miserable. Oh, man, that's one cold you got there, Trek. I know. If only I had some of my mom's chicken noodle soup. She cut up the little carrots into heart shapes that make me feel all warm and cozy inside. <laughs> and she puts in little alphabet noodles I can use to spell my name. And I wish I had my blanket and my fuzzy slippers. Oh, I want my mommy. <laughs> oh, Trek. It sounds like you need some comfort. We all need comfort sometimes. But you know, God has the power to comfort. Even when we're sad or sick or lonely, we can hold on to God. 
Thanks, Jonathan. You're such a good friend. I could just... Uh? Tissues. Uh? Tissues. Uh? Hold on. Uh? Oh, my blankie! Oh. Thanks, Jonathan. Achoo! Okay, Trek, okay. I think you and your blankie need to get some rest. So just go back into your tent. We hope you feel better. Thanks, Jonathan. I feel so much better now. I'll keep holding on to God's power. And my blankie. The kids really enjoyed seeing Trek every day and all of his shenanigans. Um, okay, guys, we're going to pop up again. And you can move forward this time a little bit so we're not all smashed in the back. So scooch up, scooch up. There you go. And this one, the next day that we had, um, the next one we did was God has the power to forgive. And I need Wesley and Elizabeth. Come on up. No, 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 not you. 
not Wesley or Elizabeth. <laughs> You're Jackson. Don't worry. God has the power to forgive. Say it one more time. God has the power to forgive. <laughs> you are a God of forgiveness. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 37. We um, had a lot of really cool things happen in VBS this year. We, had, um, we have some testimonies we want to bring to you. Laura Harrison and Connor are supposed to come up. Not sure where they are right now. They're coming. I see them. But it's been, it was just so great to watch how kids' um, hearts change, to watch how they, even their behaviors change throughout the week. It would just, the Spirit of God was all over. So, hi. Hello. Hello. There she is. Connor's here. <laughs> hey. Um, we had a special moment in Bible Adventure. Uh, Karen was teaching all about God's power to forgive, and she was doing the story um, about Peter. And so Connor was playing the role of Peter and how downcast he was and overcome with guilt because of betraying his friend Jesus. And so we, we had uh, this story and, you know, whenever you're dealing with kids, there's just constant movement and overstimulation and fidgeting and noise and whispering. And, and so um, we had three groups in the room of like eight or, uh, I think there was no more than 10 kids in each. So it was a lot of kids in the room on the floor as Karen's trying to explain. And then uh, Connor comes in and he's Peter. And so he's, you know, the kids were all listening, but it was still lots and lots of, of uh, movement. And then um, he was just so good at expressing how um, he was overcome. You know, he had betrayed his friend. And he just didn't know what he was going to do. And, and just the kids, just everything started getting really quiet. And then I could just feel my heart pricking. I could just feel the presence of the Lord. And everything was quiet. And he, I think, Connor, did you say something like, I'm just going to go or something? And a, a little six-year-old boy in my group, in all this quietness with him being downcast, he yells out, do you want to tell him? <laughs> Don't leave. Don't leave. Come here. I want to give you a hug. <laughs> and so, do we have that picture by any chance? Oh, it was so amazing because it was like watching the heart of Jesus talking to Peter, you know, when he was like, oh, you know, it's my fault. It's my fault. What can I do? And so this little boy just grabbed a hold of Connor and hugged and hugged and hugged him. And all of us just started, you know, tearing up. It was such a precious moment of just seeing it. And um, I had said it reminded me of Psalm 8 when it says, you know, that out of the mouth of babes, um, you know, God has founded this um, bulwark to still the enemy and the avenger, you know. And that was kind of what we saw playing out before our eyes was... Um, just this guilt trip that Peter was having of, of feeling, you know, like he was worse than worst. And, and God just scooped him up and said, it's all right, Peter, I'm not done with you yet. So 
Tell them about how, oh, you got your own mic. <laughs> about how after that moment, that was on what, Wednesday? Thursday. Thursday. He, this little boy was, just could not leave poor Connor alone. <laughs> yeah, he hugged me several times for the rest of the week. Yes, like but over I'd like to share that before that, I had been praying right before the skate, and I had the idea, not even before he hugged me, that it'd be awesome if the kids hugged me. So I'm just going to say that's probably one of those divine coincidences Dr. Benjamin's been telling us about. Yes, yes, for sure. Okay, pop up, guys. We, we got to do a lot of movement with kids. They don't sit still long. Good job, guys. Okay, pop down. Oh, track is coming back, so scooch back. Scooch, scooch, scooch. Scooch back, scooch back. Scooch back. <laughs> I'm not here. You don't see me. Has, Nothing has, is happening. Has anyone seen our friend Trek today? Maybe his team got no, well. <laughs> <laughs> Not so loud. 
They'll hear you. Who will hear? My, my team. My climbing team. If they don't get well soon, we can't climb. They're going to be so mad at me if we can't. So your big plan is to just uh, hide there forever? Uh, yeah, I could get used to it here with the yaks and goats and marmots as my family. Trek, it seems like you just need to ask your team for forgiveness. Forgiveness? I don't know. That sounds really hard and really, really not fun. Well, it can be difficult to ask someone for forgiveness or to forgive someone, but we can always look to God because God has the power to forgive. He can forgive everything that we do wrong. I know God will forgive me, but I'm not so sure about my uh, new friends. They'll be so upset if they can't climb, they might wrap me up inside my sleeping bag and make me hop all the way home. <laughs> or they might tie me to a stinky yak. Oh, why didn't I cover my sneezes? Wow, well, it can be difficult for someone to forgive. Sometimes people have to hold on to God's power in order to help them forgive. Do they, do your friends know about God? Hmm, I'm not sure. Hmm, this would be a really great time to tell them about God's love. I have an idea. These are my Bible memory buddies. You guys know about these? No. Oh. Each one has a super cool, super true verse right from the Bible. And uh, you can maybe share those buddies with your climbing buddies. Awesome. This is amazing. Hmm. Yeah. And ask for their forgiveness. Thanks, Jonathan. I can't wait to tell my friends about God, his power, and his love. And then on day five, we talked about um, how God can love us forever, and I need grace. Whoops. That happens, too. God has the power to love us forever. All right. Everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. John 35, 5. Miss Karen, make your way down. Oh, there you are. Yay. We have another testimony that we want to give, and I asked Miss Karen to give that for us. First of all, I'm so grateful to work with the body of Christ here. I met people I'd never met before, the whole Harrison family, the Tidwell family, the Soto family. All these wonderful families came together the first week to help us decorate this wonderful ice cave. And mine was completely different. Mine had to look like uh, a desert, a wilderness, uh, the broom tree where Elijah went and hid. And it was so wonderfully put together by Miss Soto because each part of the, of the Bible week was interwoven with the scriptures that all the children learned. And it just reinforced it. And then we did actions. And we did, um, on the day that we did forgiveness, um, we talked about 
have you ever done anything wrong that you think might not have been good? And one little girl goes, I'm good. <laughs> like, okay, but have you ever disobeyed mommy? Oh. So we talked about things like that. And then I said, and you know, Jesus died on the cross so that we could be forgiven and live forever with him. And so we dipped our fingers. Once we thought about something maybe we'd done wrong, we dipped our fingers in the red paint and put our thumbprint on the cross. And there was one little boy that I didn't see till we were finished, and Miss Erica and I went to him, and he was just sobbing, just laying on one of the carpets and just crying and crying. And he wouldn't tell us why he was crying, but we just kept encouraging him to come with me to the cross and put your fingerprint on there and say, sorry, Jesus. So eventually he did. We still don't know what he was crying about or why. It could have been so many things, but we believed that the Holy Spirit has, had touched his heart. And the whole week, I was so grateful that Kim asked me to teach the Bible, which really freaked me out because, oh, my God, it's the Bible. <laughs> so the way that, that Kim showed us how to teach it and everything, um, it was just so easy, and there were actions involved. Like Elijah was a big theme the first couple of days. And we went, and he hid in the desert, and then he had to hide from the spies, from King Ahab and Jezebel, and we went on little trips around the sanctuary. So there was a lot of movement involved, and I dressed up in a, in a Bible costume, and I just can't tell you how much it affected me and all the wonderful people I got to work with. But most of all, 30 kids gave their lives to Jesus. Okay, one more time. Pop up, guys. Pop up.
are going to give Dr. Benjamin a chance to talk to you now. So we're going to come on down and go sit back in our seats, okay? And then when Dr. Benjamin's all done, we have a special surprise for them, right? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I need a little break. The movement was getting severe. Ah, you know, there's danger on the mountain, and the hardest part is coming back down. They call it Chomalungma, uh, the mother of the earth. Yeah. It used to be seabed. There's fossils up there. It's now 29,000 feet tall, and it's getting bigger every year by about a quarter of an inch. You can figure out when it'll hit 30,000. Not right now. But the way it's going, it will. We call it Mount Everest. Royal Geological Society named it back in, oh, 1865 or something like that for the general surveyor of India, Sir George Everest. Well, he didn't pronounce it Everest. He pronounced it Everest, Everest but nobody got the memo. It's been Everest ever since. For 30 years, for 30 years, surveyors and geologists were trying to climb it. It wasn't adventurers. It was people trying to, to get up there so they could measure it. 30 years. First man to reach the top as far as we can tell, died on the way back down. It was finally in 1953, it was Edmund Hillary from New Zealand and Tenzing, I never can get his name right, Tenzing Norgay. He was from uh, Nepal, I think who made it all the way to the top and lived to tell about it. By 1987, that's 35 years later almost, only 200 people had ever reached the summit. By 
about 25 years later, that number was over 4,000. Over 4,000, most of them tourists. In 2019, there were almost 900 people climbing Mount Everest just in that one summer. Overcrowding's getting to be a problem on the mountain. Yep. It's uh, because it means there are long lines backing up at the bottlenecks. And now, that might not seem like a problem, but you have only a certain window to climb and get back down. And if you get slowed down, oh, you can get up, but there's no guarantees you can make it back down in your window, in your safety window. You see, there is a lot of danger on that mountain. There are ice storms, there are avalanches, 200 mile per hour winds up there. I mean, there's nothing to stop it. It's the jet stream, you're in the jet stream. And then there's the oxygen. It has only 30%, only a third of the oxygen down here. People that go up there, they have to breathe at 80 breaths a minute. If you wanna know what that's like, just ask Larry Pat. She can tell you all about oxygen and the need for oxygen. When you can't get it, you have to take it with you. I'm equipped. One isn't gonna do it. Just the last leg of the journey, getting up there. Getting there and back takes 29 hours of constant moving, constant hiking. And that last one mile takes 12 hours. And every breath, is exhausting. I don't know why I'm making all kinds of noise here, but okay. Every breath is exhausting. So, as a result, if you don't have your oxygen, within two to three minutes, you lose consciousness. Then comes dementia and brain damage. I think most of the people that want to go up there in the first place probably have that already. <laughs> Shh, don't tell them I said that. They have things like this too. i tell you. One out of four, one out of every four climbers goes all or partially blind, at least for a while. You think that's good, going blind on a mountain? In the snow and in the cold? No, it's not good. Not good. Even, uh, and one of the worst things is all these folks make all the preparations to get to the summit, to get to the very top, but they don't make the plans and the preparations they need to get back down. And it's going to take just as long to get down as it does to go up, and you're going to need just as much oxygen and water and whatever, to get back down as you do up. And they, they don't make that 
preparation for coming back down the mountain. So as a result, sometimes they don't. In 2015, this is just, what, seven years ago now? Peter Kinlock, Peter Kinlock made it to the peak and he was so excited and he was taking pictures of the Himalayas below him and he was laughing and giddy. Minutes later, he went blind. And they tried to do what they could, but they couldn't bring him down without endangering everybody else. And they had to leave him there to die. Over 300, now it's almost 400, have died coming down from Everest. So there's a place, half of them have never been recovered. They're still up there in a place they call Rainbow Valley for all the colorful parkas of the climbers that never made it back. One of the great ironies, oh, There's this little button on here. When it falls off, I, I can't get any oxygen. <laughs> now you know, oh, that's why he preached like that, yeah. Um, that's one of the ironies of Everest. Most of the people who die do it after they got to the top and they're on the way back down. It's like they thought they reached it and they were happy but they weren't ready to come back down. That's what happens. Now, one of the things when you go up the mountain, any mountain, is you learn your limits. Mountain climber Reinhold Messner says, by climbing mountains, we were learning not how big we were, we were finding out how breakable, how weak, and full of fear we were. That's what happens when you go up the mountain and come back down. This is hard to do with gloves. Moses. God told Moses to climb the mountain of Sinai to meet God. Okay, it wasn't as tall as Everest, but it was dangerous because God came down on top of the mountain with fire and flame and lightning and thunder and, and clouds and the roar of a trumpet. Very ground shook. You know, Moses, he went up that mountain very aware of how breakable and how weak and how full of fear he was. 
There God gave him a covenant saying, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. I'm going to love you. I'm going to look out for you. And this is how you, this is how you love me back. It was deadly dangerous. But you know, I think the hardest part was when Moses came back down off Sinai. He came down off that mountain, back to the people down there, and you know what they were doing? They were dancing around a golden calf. They were worshiping idols while God was declaring his love for them up on the mountain. See, that's the thing. uh, You wonder who got dementia and brain damage, the one who went up the mountain or the people who were waiting down in the valley that time. But when you meet God on the mountain, you discover how messed up we humans are down here. Can you believe that? Any of you know anyone who's messed up? Wives, don't look at your husbands. They don't count. Okay. Not, not this morning. Well, you find out just how messed, messed up we are. Then Jesus takes three of his followers with him up on a mountain. We don't know the name of that one. And he goes up to meet God, and there he talks with his heavenly Father, and there are two figures of light. Mark just figured, Gospel of Mark figured it probably angels. Luke tells us it was Moses and Elijah. And Jesus himself even begins to glow with the glory of God. That was pretty cool, huh? But Peter, well, Peter must have a little bit of oxygen deprivation and dementia because he blurts out, oh, Lord, let's build shrines for the three of you and we'll worship here. No, Peter, that's not the plan. That's not what's going on here. When that mountaintop is over, Jesus knows what he's got to do and where he's got to do it and what he's got to do, what it's going to cost him. And he comes on down from the mountain. That was the hard part. And, of course, he gets to the bottom of the mountain And what does he find? He finds that his disciples were not able to help a boy who who was an epileptic boy who was having seizures that were caused by an evil spirit. They just couldn't do it. And he had a few choice words for the disciples. I'm sure only some of them are recorded for us in the Gospels. And then he says, well, bring the boy here and heals him. But when you come down from the mountain, you, you come down to a world that's hurting and possessed. When you come down from the mountain, the hard part starts. Next time we're told that Jesus is up on a mountain It's the Mount of Olives, and he's looking out over Jerusalem. 
And he's getting himself ready inside to climb another hill, even closer to the city called Golgotha. The folks who climbed that hill, it may not be as tall as Everest, but the folks that climbed that hill, none of them ever come down alive. They all die there. So did Jesus. But you know, God had a plan. Already there on that mountain of Sinai, talking with Moses, and he revealed it to Jesus there on that Mount of Transfiguration, and it was fulfilled on the, the Mount of Golgotha. That Jesus would die as the perfect sacrifice for our sins, for our weakness, our stupidity. And then God, this is the crazy part of it, God would make him alive again forever, and he could share that life with you and with me. That's a pretty amazing thing. And he would never die again. And in him, we'd live too. So as you and I give our lives completely to Jesus, he shares with us his new eternal life. You come, breakable, weak, full of fear, and he puts you back together again with his own strength and his own confidence. When you meet Jesus, we call it a mountaintop experience. It's pretty exhilarating, exhilarating, and it is a little bit like climbing Everest. You know, God brings you face to face with your brokenness, your weakness, your fears, but he makes you whole once more. It's exhilarating. But don't forget that the hardest part is always coming down from the mountain again, down into the valley where you have to deal with, with failure, with guilt, with idols in, in some, what's sometimes a demonic world, certainly a crazy world. But that's why he called you up to the mountain in the first place. And then that's where he sends you back to confront the problems there in his name and with his help. You kids have learned a little bit this week. You've learned how, how God can provide. God can heal. God can comfort you. God can forgive you. And God can give you an eternal home and where he can love you forever. You see, everybody who climbs the mountain to meet God, when you come back down, you're never the same again. So, of course, some folks are going to think you're the one who went mad, but no. I think you'll discover instead 
no matter what, no matter what, you still have to face down here, unlike Everest, you can actually see a little better. You can think a little clearer. And you can even breathe a little deeper. Let's pray. Lord, bring us into your Everest, your mountaintop. Lead us to know and meet you. And then send us back here to be a different kind of person for you here in this lost and sometimes crazy world. In Jesus' name we ask it. All God's people said, and what did we learn God provides? Let's try that again. Let's get some of the grown-ups helping here, okay? God provides. God comforts. God heals. God forgives. God loves you forever. When you go up the mountain and you're coming down the mountain, whatever else you do, people, hold on. We have one more song. This happened to be the, the hit of the Bible school. It's called the Power Shuffle. And they would cheer when we would put this on. Guys, listen, listen. No steps, okay? All right.
that was their favorite one all week. And now, you guys just wait one second. Dr. Benjamin's going to come pray, and then we're going to do our last song, okay? The, the mountain song. I think what this... I think what this means is next year we're going to have to include an adult cl class in Vacation Bible School. <laughs> How many would sign up for it now? <laughs> At least you'd know all the songs before we get here. And uh, let Kim know if you, want to sing, if you want any of these to sing any of these in the worship service, too. I can just see KPC doing the power shuffle, you know, with all the motions, you know. Well, <clears throat> we're getting ready to go. And as you know, when you go, that's when you have to really watch your step. When you're going down the mountain, that's, that's, it's easy to go up. It's when you're going down that your foot slips out from under you. Your heel slips out. So watch your step. Be prepared for whatever is going to come your way. And know that God can provide and hold you for everything you need. He can get you down. He's got something for you to do when you, get, when you get out there. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with all of you now and throughout this week to come. Go in peace. Bless the Lord.